Hey, folks, welcome back. Another great episode. And today, zooming in from beautiful, beautiful cottage country, Ontario, specifically Westport, Ontario, we've got a, an accomplished, experienced real estate entrepreneur, Eric Turcott. And Eric is doing something kind of interesting for me, anyhow. And that is that he's investing in multifamily properties, but he's got his own little secret sauce here. He's focusing on newer multifamily properties, because if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've heard many of our guests from Ontario on the show. One of the big challenges in investing in Ontario is the landlord tenancy rules and regulations. So because of what he's focusing on, Eric has found his way around at least one of those major handicaps. So Eric, welcome to the show. Great to see you. Thank you. Nice to see you too, Dave. All right, Eric. So tell us a little bit about what got you into real estate investing. Because if I recall correctly, you're kind of a you're you're kind of a car guy, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm a retired car mechanic, but um, my wife did actually. I want to say 15 years ago, she convinced me to buy our first condo, and uh, I was still hesitant. I ain't gonna lie; it took me a couple of years to get used to managing and 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 wanting that property. And uh, but but since you're still out. married, Eric. So I think you figured out a long time ago. Happy wife, happy life, right? That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So long story short, after leveraging it a few times and, and buying other things, we, we realized, hey, this is a good thing. So um, that's what got us started. Um, when we really started kicking up was in, in 2020 when I retired wow. from the automotive trade. Yeah. So what, kind of, what size of a portfolio had you built up until... 2020 and what kind of properties were they because before you kind of jumped into it full-time so to speak you're you're dabbling in it what did that look like dabbling in it was uh, pretty much our house that we had in ottawa uh our one condo and then we had a vacant piece of land um, okay yeah it was for retirement so that that's what we had going on so um, we're recording this um mid 2023 and I believe you're up to 19 rental units in your personal portfolio at this point. That's pretty good in a couple of years of, of focused effort there, my friend. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. You got that right. We're at 19. Um, and then we've started to do some uh, bigger projects. So, we're, you know, we'll have more doors, but obviously with investors. Yeah. So, you did 19 under your own financial steam. That's right. Yeah. Hey, that's really good. So what what kind of, you got started with the condo. I'm thinking you probably don't have 19 individual condos in your portfolio at this point. So what does it look like? No, we, uh, so right now we've got uh, the smallies. So we have some duplexes, triplexes, uh, some townhouses that we have uh, added a suite, uh, okay. lower suite. Uh, and we've done a burr. I have one single family that um, was the right price. And we did a burr on it and it's worked out great. So we've kept it. Um, so, and the biggest we have ourselves is an eight unit in Huntsville. An eight unit. All right. Perfect. So Eric, what, what do you think has been your biggest learning experience over the last three years now that you've really dove into this whole thing? And, really and really dove into it. Yeah. Um. My biggest learning experience was literally uh, how to raise money because I've never, yeah. Tara and I have never had to, uh, you know, include partners. Uh, we are lucky enough to be able to do it ourselves, but then we wanted to start including partners as a full-time um, 
commitment myself. I, I want to have other people grow with them and, you know, help them make wealth as long as we're helping ourselves at the same yeah. time. Win-win. Yeah, win-win. And learning that aspect of things has been a little bit, uh, a little bit challenging. So we've taken some courses and uh, lined up with uh, Ignited. Uh, uh, which is Corey and Tiffany's group. And uh, I know those guys. Great. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're awesome. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's been really helpful to have a whole bunch of um, finding our people. I guess that's yeah. the best way to say it. Finding our people that talk to and using ex- more experienced investors to discuss things. That's, that's key. Yeah. Perfect. So when it comes to the real estate investing side of things, and we'll definitely circle back to the capital raising because I always love talking about that, but I am curious. So you went from one condo that you self-managed for a long time. Now you got 19 rental units in your portfolio and you're starting to get into small multifamily type properties. That's a pretty big leap as well. That's the, uh, that I would imagine is a bit of a, a learning curve. So I was reading in the information you sent ahead of time, Eric, that you guys really like focusing on newer properties. So walk me through that. Tell me, how how that came about and and what you're planning to do with that so the whole story behind it is my 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 wife actually was in a car accident in 2009 so she's oh. got accessibility needs so that's really near and dear to our hearts so we stumbled across this MLI select when a program from CMHC when it came out and we really wanted to so so for on- folks that aren't familiar with that what's your definition of that what's your understanding of this program so okay so this program uh, will give you points um, for reaching certain accessibility levels, certain energy efficiency levels, and certain affordability levels. You okay. can focus in on on one criteria or two, or you can use all three if you'd like to meet the points you need to, to meet, which is 100 points. And then you get better uh, amortization and uh, smaller CMHC rates. So. Nice. So they sweeten the pot for you for That's right. making it more accessible in one way or the other. Yeah. So it allows us to focus in on those newer buildings, Yeah. Uh, even brand new buildings, um, and still cash flow from day one because we can get stuff like 50-year amortization on a brand new property. Okay. So as long as it numbers make sense, off we go. Yeah. Okay. So so is that what you guys did with the unit property that, that you purchased relatively recently was was the, yeah so the eight unit the eight unit we are with cmhc however i didn't go in with mli select um learned my lesson with the, a broker on that one uh, unfortunately oh. the broker wasn't willing to do the legwork and uh, by the time we found out it was too late so oh geez um but we have two two deals in the works right now and both of them are going through the mli select program and actually got our cois last week for both of them so it's looking good Nice, nice. So yeah. when it comes to this, you've got a a soft spot, obviously, for the physical accessibility side of things. What are your plans for these two buildings to make them compliant or to to make sure that they qualify for the MLI select program? What's or where's that at? Or do they already? They already do. So the nice. so the six flex that we're working on is got he, we had to go under energy efficiency on that one okay. simply because it was started, the build was already started. So we didn't get in ground up. Mm. Um, the 32 unit we're working on, uh, it's also hundred percent energy efficient. So it, it 
went all in energy efficiency, but that one comes with the development lot. So that's where we're really going to focus on the development side of things. The next building, we're going to go after accessibility. So the, you're going to develop the the property that you're purchasing and put an accessible building on that or for an, another right. project? Yeah. Yeah. So the 30, so the 32 unit that, that we purchased is in, or that we're in the middle of purchasing is in deep river. And it came with a, I'm going to say a four acre lot. So two acres okay. are being severed off. So we'll be building another multi on there and we'll nice. focus in on accessibility and energy efficiency for that one. So what is, because I'm just very curious about this, Eric. So in your, in your mind's eye, what, I mean, you got to do the first before you do the next, but what are you guys thinking about? What are you and your wife planning on for that, you know, dream accessibility that you guys are going to go build from the ground up? Yeah. So, so what, what we actually really want to do is we'd like to build some smaller multis around our, our community, you know, and in these areas where a lot of, we see there's a huge lack of, homes for the elderly like in, in our town here in Westport we have a triplex and it's ground level it's I'd say about 90 percent accessible I mean there's low door sills and all that and but we have a, a waiting list of like 20 people waiting to get in wow and they just can't seem to find these houses in these smaller towns that are accessible so it's something we found is quite a it would be a pretty good market like I mean honestly yeah, there's definitely demand for it, and there's help in the financing world for it. So it's kind of a win-win both ways, right? Yeah, no, win-win-win all the way around. So your target market for that would it be more age-related, or would it be more, uh, you know, I don't even know what the proper terminology is. Somebody who's been in an accident, or or well, it would be it would be both, right? I mean, yeah. when you're building an accessible home, you have to build it for for anybody that needs it, right? Anybody right. from a wheelchair to a walker. Um, and I feel that, especially in the bigger buildings, we can't just aim at... Uh, a certain segment one, of that population. It's just, the, right. the reason I'm wondering, Eric, is just because if it's more age-related, and I could be wrong, I, I have no experience with this, but I'm, I'm thinking the auxiliary services that would be beneficial for that group might be slightly different than for other groups in that demographic, or is it pretty much, would it all be the same thing? I mean, yeah, the accessible, the accessibility part is pretty much the same thing, you know, the, the no door sills. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. But the auxiliary services that they might need probably yeah. might be similar as well. Yeah. Um, it might be similar also. I mean, you'd, you'd think they would need, yeah, they would need the hospital nearby and, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's why we'd have to take that into consideration, obviously, where where it would work best. So maybe walk me through, just because I'm I'm ignorant about this, Eric, and, and you've got firsthand experience with your wife. What what are um people looking for in these kind of properties when it comes to accessibility? What what should we or what could we as real estate entrepreneurs be thinking about when we're looking at properties and maybe trying to you know, service that demographic, what kind of stuff do we need to think about? Well, you need, you need a super easy access from like your vehicle parking to indoors to the yeah. unit. Um, that's pretty, you know, straightforward stuff. 
So maybe maybe give us an idea with your your triplex that you've got, which you say is 90% you know, there. You could just do a cutout in a bathtub. Why would you do a cutout mm-hmm. in a bathtub when that's probably going to get in the person's way when they're trying to get in and out? And they're never going to use a bathtub anyhow. So you would just do a whole tiled shower or an acrylic insert with no bench, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Uh, light switches, lower light switches, just so if they happen to be uh, in a wheelchair, they don't, you know, they can reach them. Yeah. Um, Countertops and stuff like that too, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah countertops have to be lower. Um, my goodness. Where, what else am I missing here? There's so many, so many things, but you can. And the, and the doors must be quite a bit wider. Is, is yeah. That... 30. Yeah. 32 is going to be the standard there. Yeah. yeah. You can go, I mean, obviously you can go wider, but they're going to want a 32 inch wide door. Yeah. So they can, so they can roll through. And then ideally, obviously, everything on one floor would be the perfect scenario, right? So you don't have... Yeah, then you don't have to do... Yeah, so bungalow. Sorry, yeah. I should have mentioned that. My So our triplex in, in Westport is a bungalow style triplex. And you can also build them that way. You can build them slab on grade with radiant floor heating, which is also excellent. That's, yeah, that's a bonus. That is fantastic. Well, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um what what are your goals moving ahead? What do you and your wife want to do with your your real estate investing endeavors over the next year or two? So yeah, in the next year or two, we wanna yeah, we wanna keep growing into the bigger multis that we can we can make fit into this MLI Select product. You know, obviously you underwrite probably 20 before you find the right one that's gonna work. So mm-hmm. just keep looking as the market's changing, it's opening up some other doors. Um the big plan is I want to get tear off for nine to five. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to retire and then not really retire, retire from my trade. Yeah. My body couldn't really handle it anymore anyhow. So that was a good thing. She pushed me to do it. And now here yes. I am into this career, which I actually really enjoy. I love. And uh, her passion is real estate also. So I am really working hard to get her to that point by finding these deals where I can help her, you know, step back from her nine to five and, you know, also help other people. You know, I, I want to partner with people that are maybe a little bit junior, mm-hmm. help them grow, learn, teach, just like I'm being taught by other people. It's, it's such a great uh, environment. I find like, I find, especially in the, in the group I'm in, I, I don't find like the real estate investors are, we're so many of us, but we're not after each other. You know what I mean? It's, it's not competitive. Yeah, it's not it's competitive. cooperative. Exactly. Everybody cheers you on, and it's a great, uh, it's a great feeling. No, that is wonderful, Eric. I think you've got a lot of potential all the way around. But you know what? If if you and your wife really focus on the accessibility side of things, I think that will definitely be your secret sauce, your differentiator, your big why, the rallying cry that a lot of people can get behind as partners, as investors, um, communities that you're going to be investing in. I think, you know, that you guys are just perfectly positioned for that, especially, and as well as, as the property management side of things, because very different kind of property management and tenant management with this demographic versus just your your 
your traditional tenants, so to speak. So I don't know. That's just my gut feeling listening to you. I think you guys are, are onto something amazing. And then, you know, looking at perhaps build the, the build to rent model, instead of trying to find these, these properties and, and make it fit. Like if, like yeah. your, your goal, like you're talking about is to create a bunch of these uh, smaller multifamily type properties around your community, small community and cottage country. What is the population base around where you're at in Westport? My goodness, Westport's not very big. I think we're only a couple thousand. So I could get closer, you know, I say around here, a couple hours away is, is also fine. Well, yeah, um, yeah. Well, just, we're all in Canada, so it, it's all right. relatable, Ben. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't need to, yeah, we don't need to do it right here in Westport. We got to do it wherever the numbers work and where yeah. there's Man, but right. it sounds like it sounds like the numbers would even work for a number of these kind of properties, the smaller ones in and around where you're at right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If, and if I'm sure there's find... a ton of other small little communities just like yours. The demand's going to get nothing but bigger as we go along, right? But the baby yeah, boom. So the problem in all these smaller communities is they haven't had a lot of newer development in the multi-world so yeah. a lot of older buildings have been retrofitted so that's where you're getting that lack of accessibility you know you got two or definitely. three stories to go up so yeah yeah so well, i i i think you're definitely onto something there my friend okay now let's talk a little bit about the whole capital side of things because that's always fun so you've you've put some serious focus onto that sounds like you you've been doing pretty well with that what are some of the challenges if any, that you've you've found with the raising capital side of things? Uh, just feeling comfortable with it. To tell yeah. you honestly, it's a little bit, um, I'm sure most investors would say that on their first few calls. Uh, you're yeah. a little bit nervous. You have to remember you're offering an opportunity, not asking for money. So yeah, um, yeah that's pretty much my, my big struggle is, is my own brain thinking about it going on. I'm asking somebody for somebody, but no, I'm not. I'm, not. I'm giving somebody an opportunity. They can pass if they'd like, and we'll just move on. Right. So I've, yeah, I've struggled with that aspect. Um, and I think that's about it really, honestly, just sh a little bit shy about it all. <laughs> I, I hear you, my friend. Can I share a story with you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Has nothing to do with raising capital, but it applies. So way back in the day, Eric, when I, moved back from Costa Rica and was just settling into Canada and started my real estate investing. And I was do, trying to do a few different businesses at the same time. I, I started up a, an advertising business <laughs> and I was kind of a franchise type thing. And the guy that sold me this said, Hey, this is so easy. These ads sell themselves. I'll never believe that in a, in a million years. So I can remember that feeling, Eric, like you're talking about, picking up the phone and and calling people cold calling is what that's called. So that's yeah. what I had to do. I had to go cold call on businesses to try and sell them ads. And that was such a, even though I was offering them a great opportunity, it was such a painful experience. I, I hated every single second of it. I can remember sitting in my little, I buy houses mini because that's what I was driving at the time, clutching the steering wheel, just sweating, thinking about going into the next business and and seeing that look of of happiness quickly dissipate from the owner's eyes as he realized I was just another freaking ad salesman and not a customer <laughs> pay him some money um that was painful and then after doing that for a while I gave my head a shake and I said what the hell am I doing 
if there's something I know about, it's it's marketing. So why don't I try to figure out how to apply marketing to selling ads? And it had never been done before that I'm aware of. So I started putting on little business builder workshops and I'd get it, uh, you know, advertise this to the local business community, get 30 or 40 people coming out and then do an educational presentation. And that turned it around. So instead of me chasing after people, I provided them with the value first. I educated them about what I was doing, you know, how to do effective advertising. And oh, by the way, here's my thing that you can advertise on. Here's the offer. And then I went from chasing people to try to schlep them and sell them my ads to having them lining up credit cards in hand to buy the damn ads for me at this event just by switching the whole thing. Pivoting. Yeah. Pivoting. Pivoting. So the, the way when I started raising capital, I, I wasn't that bright. So I still I, I still waited until I had a deal in hand, then desperately chased it after the money. And that didn't work. And but I tried all the stuff that you've had success with, I bombed at. So I tried dialing for dollars and networking and schmoozing and all that kind of stuff. Um got turned down, learned a painful lesson. So then I decided, hey, dummy, that worked pretty well for that other thing. Why don't you try this for for raising capital. So then that's, that's when I, I kind of molded my philosophy around raising capital and, and brought it towards the marketing side of things. Cause here's the reality, Eric. Yes, you are offering people an opportunity, but wherever possible, if you can get them coming to you, ideally, if you wave the magic wand, a little bit pre-educated about what you do, a little bit pre-qualified, maybe even pre-motivated about real estate investing, get them asking you, hey, Eric, what's this accessible real estate investing thing you're doing? What, what's that all about? That conversation, my friend, is a complete night and day versus trying to convince anybody of anything. Does that make sense? So, yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a long-winded story. Sorry about that. But th- that's that's the idea. Wherever we can kind of use marketing to do some of that heavy lifting for us and and our whole thing is, hey, create a target group of people and then just show up on a consistent basis that with that regular edutaining communication, create that curiosity, get them to you know, reach out to you, to book a call with you to talk about investing. Um, that that just makes it makes it a hell of a lot easier for guys like you and I that aren't natural yeah. sales guys to have those conversations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's. It is much better when somebody says, hey, I've noticed some things. What have you been up to? Yeah. What's this all about? Yeah. It's funny you say that. I had I had a, a, an old friend that I haven't spoken to in probably 10 plus years. Just, yeah. you know, we just grew apart and yeah. called me up last week, asked me, hey, what what's all these videos about? What what are you doing? There you go. <laughs> so so where what are you doing right now? You're posting on social media and you're doing video yeah. type stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Posting on social media, but not, it, it's not always, um, it's not always about my projects. Like a lot of the times it's just, uh, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm doing this. Here's a tip when I'm out managing the property and, uh, you know, managing, you know, just giving them tips. So nice. I do that a lot. Um, like tomorrow, I think last week I posted something cause my boys are home from school. Uh, obviously school's done. So I have to bring them wherever I go. So I'm like, here we go, Papa, you know, real estate camp day one. <laughs> in the back seat. And off we went to a rental to, to do nice. that. But 
Yeah, uh, I love that. And, and double double win. There you got content and you know child labor. I love it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and you know what? I hope if if some of that can get into their brains and stay there, some of the things I'm teaching them, they'll be so better and so much better off than us old timers that waited halfway through life to start. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, hey, that's what it's all about: passing it on to the next generation. Eric, this has been great. Congratulations on what you and your wife have accomplished really in a, in a pretty short period of time. Cause you really jumped in, in 2020. So in, in three years and a bit, you've done some amazing things. I think I'm going to see some fantastic things come from you in the future, especially in the accessible side of things. So hats off to you. I'm, I'm glad that you have kind of focused on that as your, as your, your why and, and your niche. Um, and if, if people want to connect with you and find out more about what you guys are up to, how can they do that, Eric? They can, yeah, well, they can simply Facebook me or they can uh, find all they need on uh, etmanagementgroup.com. That's my website. So the easiest way is just Facebook me. I'm on there all the time. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, my phone will go off. I'll look and I will reach out to you. There you nothing, go. Nothing goes, uh, nothing goes unanswered. Beautiful. Eric, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right, right, everybody, take care, and we'll talk to you on the next episode.